Welcome back to the Getting Grit Podcast. I am Brad Pohl, your host, and this is where we tell the stories of sinners and saints. It is wise to remember that our primary enemies are not human, but angelic. As it reads in Ephesians, For we wrestle with the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore we know how much more formidable and resilient they are, but we do not lose hope, because we are the church, and in the end, we win. Given that the world is not our final home, the church's mission of sharing the gospel is all the more vital for mankind. And a key issue of that is our hope that we share in the nuclear family of husband, wife, and children, realizing the family as an extension, a mini church of the church, and destroying the bonds of monogamous marriage and arrogating to the state the education of children is what totalitarian leaders always do. See Poland, Germany, Hungary, the Ukraine, China, Vietnam, Cuba. Pope St. John Paul II summarized well, the future of the world and of the church passes through the family. On June 2, 1979, Pope John Paul II arrived in Poland where he was welcomed by throngs of his countrymen. The Polish Pope kneeled to kiss the ground at the airport where he landed and then rode slowly through the crowded streets of Warsaw. 90% of Poland's 35 million people were Catholics. But the official position of the socialist and communist government stated faith was irrelevant and unnecessary. The state and the government will take care of your needs, and your obligation as a citizen was to support those efforts. The occupied and oppressed people of Poland had heard this message since the 1940s. But not long after Karol Józef Wojtyla was elected pope, he wanted to visit his homeland and to celebrate Mass there. But the authorities faced a real conundrum, because they didn't want it to happen. But if they forbid it, it might possibly rally the people. But they gave permission, but holding to a propaganda campaign that was going to diminish and downplay it all. School teachers were told to explain to children that Pope John Paul II was an enemy and dangerous. He was a showman who tried to win people over with charm and humor. The government-controlled media was given strict instructions to censor and limit the Pope's comments. The government was concerned that a large crowd would greet the Pope and attend the outdoor mass in the city of Warsaw. And despite their best efforts to minimize the crowds, their worst fears were realized. When not hundreds, not thousands, not tens of thousands, but well over a million people crowded the streets, highways, and massive city square. And the Pope asked the crowds in his first address in his homeland, Why was a Polish man elected Pope? Noting that the long history of suffering the Polish people had endured and were continuing to experience, which was trying to rewire their hearts and minds to let go of their faith. So when John Paul II explained that he believed he was elected Pope as a representative of the people to testify to the cross and resurrection of Jesus. And then he asked the people if they accepted their role and responsibilities as well. And the crowd spontaneously thundered back in response, We want God. We want God. John Paul II continued, What was the greatest of the works of God? He asked. Man, they answered. Who redeemed man? Christ, they answered. And the Pope declared, 
Christ cannot be kept out of the history of man in any part of the globe or any longitude or latitude. The exclusion of Christ from the history of man is an act against man. Without Christ, it is impossible to understand our history. And once again, the crowd responded, We want God. In the final outdoor mass at the end of the week, it eclipsed all that had taken place. Over three million people, many coming hours and days early to make sure they got space for the Mass. There, Pope John Paul II said, Is it possible to dismiss Christ and everything which he brought into the annals of the human being? Of course it is, it is possible, the Pope said. The human being is free. The human being can say to God, No! The human being can say to Christ, no. But the critical question is, should he? And in what name should he? With what argument, what reasoning, what value held by the will or the heart does one bring oneself, one's loved ones, one's countrymen, one's nation to reject, to say no to him with whom we have all lived he who formed the basis of our identity and has himself remained its basis ever since. The people heard the future saint remind them of their true identity, reclaiming them and their country for Jesus Christ. When those three million plus people went home that night, they only saw mere seconds of heavily doctored coverage that did not acknowledge the truth. Well, it marked the beginning of the end. As one historian wrote, the people who had been at the Mass could compare the reality they had witnessed with their own eyes with the propaganda their media reported. They could see the discrepancy. It's all lies. Everything this government says is a lie. Everything it is is a lie. The government began to crumble with the Pope helping to remind the people of their true identity. It loosened their tongues and their voices to the cry of the human heart. We want God. The Polish people have some beautiful proverbs like, regardless of suffering, poverty does not lose its virtue. The Polish know at some point you have to reclaim your identity. A man cannot continue saying, not my circus, not my monkeys, and remain sane. In the 20th century, they stood against the Nazis and the communists. Today they are a democracy, and so they warn us. History repeats itself. The Polish people have a wisdom that has come through much trial, suffering, and experience. Therefore, no one should disregard their story because their lives have become a proverb unto us all. Fortune favors the bold. Ain't it so? This is Gittin' Grit signing off. Blessings to you all. Dominus Vobiscum. <laughs>